like to talk loud, all right? Got my green light, so we'll get that figured out. Amen. Who loves the Lord this morning? Amen. That's some good singing this morning. As the old saying goes, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Amen. I'm a little bit different in Buchanan. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, I love Pastor Buchanan. He is a great friend to me. Uh, feeling is mutual. I reference him a lot. Uh, sometimes our sometimes our wives, I think, get tired of us talking about one another. Amen, Katie? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, uh, but we love. I love him, love you, Pastor. I love his heart. I love his heart. Uh, it's, very, it's very hard to come by these days when you find men that's got a real passion for people, especially lost people. And him and I have kind of just bounced these ideas off one another, or, and he's been preaching on it. Are we doing what the church is supposed to do? Is our image of the church... Uh, uh, what we think it is. Is, that, is. is what we're doing the true church and what God has set it up to be? And are we living this outside of these four walls? I don't know if he's ever told you this. I know me and him's talked about it. But, but if, you, if we all left this building right now, if everybody stepped outside this church, this would then just be a building. Here's what makes it a church. The people do. So if the people leave this building, it's then just a building. When you drive by it, it's got four walls and doors and restrooms. It's just a building. That's all it is. If it burnt down, we would rebuild this building. But if it was not for the people, there could not be a church. Somebody say amen. We are the church. We're the church. This is what it looks like. It's made up of living bodies. I didn't say dead bodies. I said living bodies. I said bodies that enjoy things. Bodies that do things. Bodies that are active. Bodies that's going to get up in the morning and go to work. Bodies. You are the church. You are the church. You have been commissioned you should have a desire. You should have a, a compassion for your co-worker. That if you, that if you, without any shadow of doubt in your mind, if they were to die tomorrow, they would go to hell. That should bother you. Because you're the church. You've been commissioned. You, you have been sent. We're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But here's, the, here's, here's, here's my message this morning. This is what I'm going to preach on. Back in World War I, a man by the name of James Flagg made, I believe it was 46, 46 posters. 46 posters. And what he did with his posters was he was recruiting men for the military. He wanted men to fight for his country in World War I. The most famous poster that he ever did was Uncle Sam. And you know, everybody's seen an Uncle Sam's got a hat and a white beard. And he's got his finger pointing out. And it says, what does it say? Uncle Sam wants you. Can I go ahead and tell you this morning, God wants you? God wants you. But, but this is the key to this. God doesn't want what's left over of you. God doesn't want the back end of your day. God doesn't want what the energy that you have left. God doesn't want the rest of the time that you have when you get done with everything else that's in your life. He wants 
all of you. I'm not saying you can't go out and have fun and do what you enjoy doing. Do it in His name. Do it with Him in mind. If you like to hunt, take a lost hunt, buddy. Hunting with you. Spend time with Him. If you're in the grocery store and you're so busy with your life, take time just to tell somebody that, you're, that you love them and that Jesus loves them. God wants you. You. Have you have your Bibles? Turn with me to Luke chapter number 9 this morning. Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter number 9. Y'all pray for me. Amen. I've been... We've been vacation Bible schooling this week as they've been on their mission trip, and I think everybody's just, just tired this morning, right? <laughs> tired this morning. Amen. Luke chapter number 9. When you get there, I want you to also turn with me and just thumb this one. Matthew chapter number 4, and just kind of hold your place there. Matthew chapter number 4, hold your place there, and then we're going to be reading Luke 9 first. So when you find Luke 9, find Matthew 4 and hold your place there. Luke chapter number 9, and then Matthew chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 9. If you dare say amen. Verse number 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats of peace. We're going to go ahead and read verse number 4. And whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide and thence depart. Verse 5. And whosoever will not receive you when he go out, when you, go, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this, this wonderful day. God, we thank you for just a wonderful and just an awesome worship service that we've had already this morning. And God, I'm thankful for a place, God, that we can come and corporate worship, God, and feel your presence. God, but I'm equally thankful, God, that we can feel it outside these four walls. Father, I'm thankful this morning, God, Lord, that we can feel your presence, Lord, in our very homes. God, are driving down the road. Father, in this dark and depressing world that we live in, God, I'm thankful, God, that you are holy. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you're faithful. Father, I pray this morning, God, as I deliver this message, Lord, that you'd use me, Lord, just for a few minutes. God, that this will be an encouraging message. God, but also a convicting message. Father, help us get outside of the idea, Lord, that all our purpose is in life since we've been saved is to come take up a spot inside the church house. Father, give us a desire to go outside these four walls and God, and represent you, Father. We're ambassadors of you. Help us to be that. God, I pray this morning that you deal with hearts. 
Father, I pray, Lord, that you would deal with mine first. God, touch us this morning. Lord, speak to us this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning. God wants you. Number one, I want you to see here in the text in Luke chapter number 9. He says here in verse number 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together. Okay? Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. We have been called. We have been called. If you're a born again believer, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have been called by an almighty God to serve Him. You have been called by almighty God to do what only an almighty God could ask us to do. And that is to now go out and tell people about what's happened to you. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Great Commission, the Great Commission wasn't just for those 12 disciples. It was for every disciple that would be made from there until he comes back. We've all been commissioned. We all have a job. We all have a duty. Why? We've been called. Called. Now I want to go ahead and tell you this. We, sometimes we take things about God entirely too lightly. Way too lightly. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this calling, this is a greater honor than if our President of the United States would call you today to service. A call to God trumps any other call in your life. A calling of God is a greater honor than any other calling you would have in your life. I am thankful and glad that I get to do what I do. Why? Because an almighty God saw fit to take a rough, redneck old rebel boy that was dwelling in sin, that would have died and went to hell, took him out of the mess he was in, turned that into a message, and now is using him for the ministry. When? All he had to do was say, I ain't got time to mess with him. He's too far gone. Let him die and go to hell. He didn't do that. Instead, he said, I want a relationship with that rebel boy so bad, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my only son, my very son, the best I have, and I'm going to let him die on the cross for a sacrifice for his sins. That way when he gets to a place where he realizes he's a sinner, all he has to do is trust in Jesus, believe in him, and I will use him for the ministry. What an honor. What a glory. This is why that's so important. We just sang it. God is holy. And I'm not. The very fact that he decided to call me blows my mind. There's nothing special about John Cole. There's a whole lot better preachers than me. You got one of them. Amen. Come on now. I gave y'all every opportunity right there to be a good church. And y'all failed. I'm going to pray for you. Y'all got one. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That make you feel good, don't it? Hey, I don't know. We'll see. If not, I'll come back next week and we'll, we'll preach on supporting your pastor. Amen. <laughs> but God has called you. Notice, notice A, write this down. He calls us to unity. He calls us to unity. 
Philippians 2, 2 says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Notice in verse number 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together. He called them to unity. It's not that I am better than you. It's not that I have a, I have a, I, I talk better than you. It's not that I look better than you. This is a, this is a, this is a unified effort to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we need everybody. Because there's all different kind of people in this world. But if we come in here together and we're not unified, then what good is the call? Nothing. God called us together. God says you're in this thing together. God said that I want to unify you and I want the ultimate goal to be is for you to go out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. To see lost people saved. To tell them about Jesus. To tell them about an old rugged cross. To tell them about the resurrecting power. Tell them about His coming. Tell them. But if we're divided, we can't do that. We have to be called to unity. But not only that, He called them for a commissioning. Jesus was entrusting them to take the kingdom of God to the people. Notice how I worded that. Take the kingdom of God to the people. Now I understand that it's very important that we go pass out church cards to get them to come to our church. We go and knock on doors or tell people about our church, but here's what, here's what we got to think about. If we just invite them to church and we know that they're lost, and all we do is tell them to come to our church, and the next day they die, what good did we do? What good is that? We have to take the kingdom to the people. And then we'll worry about bringing them to church. Here's what, here's, and Buchanan and I have talked about this before. He might have shared this. I don't know. A lot of his good ideas. Right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's funny. <laughs> well, we've talked about this before. I would like, and I, I'm, I'm not kidding, this is, this is a great vision. I think this is what was meant to be. I'd like to get them saved out there and then bring them to church. Wouldn't that be something? You go out, you go out this week, every night this week, and say you just knock on three random doors every night this week. And all, and all those people, next Sunday, you'd have this place full of already saved people ready to take the next step in baptism instead of just, won't you come church with me? That's fine and dandy. We can do that. Let's take it a step further. And when you put that card in your hand, ask them about Jesus. Talk to them a little bit. Find out their story. Find, out, find them out. Poke, just, just poke and prod just for a moment. Yeah, be mean or rude about it. Ask them about Jesus. Let's take the kingdom to the people. Oh, we got to hurry. Man, i got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Not only did he call us, he also equipped us. Notice here in verse uh, number 1. He called, then he equipped. And he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Notice who equipped them. We, they didn't equip themselves just as we don't equip ourselves. God done the equipping. 
God did the calling. God done the equipping. He is the one that gives us what we need to do the ministry. He is the one that provided us with His very Word. He is the one that has given us instruction for our life in this Word. He is the one that sent Jesus to make a way for us. He's also the one that sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with us and in us. Isn't that good? He has given us everything we need in order to serve Him. He's equipped us. Here's what we run into when talking about sharing the gospel and going out. Well, I just don't know if I'm smart enough about the Bible. That's okay. Because I'm not either. When I share the gospel, you know what happens most of the time? I freeze up. I forget something. I'll be sitting there mid-sentence and go, oh, no. Got them on the cusp of, 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 of really selling them on the gospel and getting them to believe in Jesus, and my mind just go blank. But then there's been times where I've opened my mouth and not even been prepared. And the Holy Spirit rush in, and I'll say stuff that I didn't even know I knew half the time. That ever happened to anybody? That's the Holy Spirit. He's equipped us. We can't go out and say that we know everything. We can't go out and act like we're better than everybody and smarter than everybody and nobody else knows nothing. That's not what Paul done. Paul said it's by the foolishness of preaching. Paul went to Corinthians knowing nothing. The Bible says knowing nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We don't, have to know, we don't have to know every doctrinal point in this Bible. That'll come with time. Drop my Zoom worms. Amen. I'm going to get to that later. That'll come with time. If, if nothing else, look here. Tell them what Jesus did for you. He'll equip you with the rest. I want you to flip over quickly to Matthew. You got it thumb there? Go ahead and flip over quickly with me. Matthew chapter number 18. This is along the same lines of what we're talking about right here. Matthew chapter number Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 18. I'm sorry, I know I said chapter 18. I've, I, y'all paying attention. Amen. Look at you. You got a good church, Buchanan. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers. Of men. Notice, notice along the same lines, Jesus called out to them. He called them, follow me. Notice what he said, and I will make you. Did it say they made themselves? No. He said, I will make you fishers of men. I got an illustration. Amen. Y'all ready for this? Who likes fishing? Amen. I got some kids raising them hands. Amen. I love to go fishing. I love everything about fishing. Sometimes I get frustrated with it. But I like to fish. I love to fish. I follow a lot of Major League Fishing, a lot of the FLW guys. And, and I, I watch videos, try to be a better fisherman, try to, try to finesse my skills a little bit, get a little bit better, catch some more fish. But I got to thinking a couple of years ago, just about how we fish in our society today. And it's came a long way. Because you'll read there in the Bible where we just read it, that those guys, Peter and Andrew, they were fishing with nets. And here's the thing about their top fishing. They were fishing to make a living. That's how they supported their family. That is a heavy pulpit. Goodness. 
They were fishing to make a living. Now, here's what, here's, here's what I would love to do. I wish my living was fishing. Can I get an amen right there, man? If I could make money fishing like them guys do, I'd be set. But that ain't what God called me to do, amen? Because I'm not good at it. I just like doing it. But as we think about this, as we look at this, and we think about fishing, I just want to give you some illustrations and maybe change your idea of fishing a little bit. And think about how we're to be fishers of men. If you look on the end of my hook, what is that right there? That's a lure, right? Oh, good old shaky head. Got a little worm on there. Caught a lot of fish using this, this deal. And I began to think, I was fishing one day, and I began to think, you know, that lure in, in, my, in my Christian walk, that represents my story. My story. Because what happens when I throw that lure out there, is I'm enticing a fish to bite it, right? I'm giving it something that looks good, and, and I, I, I want that fish to strike, and I'll work that worm, and I'll move that worm, and I'll, I'll make it trick, and I'll do all kinds of things, but I want that fish to bite that, to get his eyes on that worm so he'll take it. That is his food, and he wants to eat it. That's our story. Jonathan, you done lost your mind. No, listen. Y'all ready for this? Our story is our lure. Because there is people out there that will sit and listen to your story that's lost. They're lost. And you'll share something with them and they'll go, you know what? I've been through that very thing. And here's the question they'll ask. How'd you get through it? Guess what? They've taken the bait. They've got now a taste of it. They want to know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. They want to know what comes next. How did you make it through this time? How did, you, how, did you, how did you come to be so happy? How did you come to have so much peace? How did you come to be like you are? How do you have eternal life? And they'll bite into your story. I've done shared with you a little bit about my story. We'll not go into great details. I was a messed up young man. Thought I was right with God. Thought I was working my, or get, getting my way there, but just come to find out that all I was doing was rebelling. I was just running. I was running. Knowing the whole time God had a greater purpose for me. Knowing the whole time that God had set something in place for me to do for Him, and I was running. I have a story. You have a story. Now then, if we take our story... If we take our story, just like if I took one of these worms and I was fishing, if I took one of these worms and I went down here to Duck River and I just threw a worm out there in the water, what good does that do? Nothing. Nothing. Because all I've done now is just feed a fish, and boy, he ain't going to like that later on. Now then, how does that make us effective here? What's embedded into my worm? A hook. A hook. That hook, I was thinking about this one day. Now then, that's me, that's my story there. That's, that's, that's my story, that lure is. And now that hook is embedded into my story. That hook represents Jesus. Because if Jesus is not embedded into my story, my story then is no good to anybody else if it doesn't have Jesus in it. Just as if I'm, I would be no good to anybody else if Jesus wasn't in me. 
It's Jesus. That way, now when they bite the hook, now they're getting a taste of the gospel. Because when I give them my story, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to lead up to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it started with my story. I got their attention. Now they're hooked. Now I'm about to start. Now, now the work's about to start, right? I'm hooked. Jesus. What's connected the hook to my line? A knot. A knot. This line, this line here, this represents us. This reel it represents our relationship. Us and Jesus. Here's the thing about the line. You can buy a four-pound test line, and you can buy a 50-pound test line. So it don't matter, young or old, your line will get stronger the more you spend with Jesus. It'll get stronger. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about I don't know a whole lot. Don't worry. Don't worry about don't worry about what if somebody asks me a question I can't answer. Your line will get stronger, I promise you. You keep studying, you keep reading, you keep praying, you keep spending time in church, you keep getting discipled, that line will get stronger. I promise you. You'll get you you'll you'll tighten your knot up every now and then. But if we have a weak knot, if we have a weak knot and we hook into a fish, guess what's going to happen? Anybody ever had a bass bust you line? Yeah, that'll make you mad, won't it? Let me tell you something. There's nothing more discouraging than when you line bust. Now think about this. Think about this. If your faith is not secure, I want you to search right here, church. If your faith is not secured in Jesus Christ, guess what will happen? You'll be trying to share your story with somebody. And if Satan's in that thing any, he'll try to make you doubt. He'll try to use whoever you're sharing to to question your salvation. Most of the time, he'll make you question anyway. Can I get a witness right there? You've got to make sure you're not secure. You've got to make sure you're tied off right. You've got, you got to keep that line. You've got to keep getting that line stronger and stronger and stronger. And the stronger that line gets, let me tell you something, the less your faith is going to waver. But until you make sure your knot is tied, until you make sure your line is secure, you're going to keep wavering in your faith. Let it be embedded. Let Jesus be embedded in your story. Make sure you've got a good knot tied to Him. Make sure you're connected with Him. Make sure your line's getting stronger. Make sure your relationship is working with Him. Make sure when you get ready to reel, when you reel somebody in, make sure that you know what you're talking about. Make sure that you believe what you're saying. Make sure that you are right with God. But none of this would all be for naught if it wasn't for the rod. If it wasn't for the rod. Rod represents Scripture. Rod, without the rod, there would be no leverage to reel in a fish. Without Scripture, we'd have nothing to give them to base any sort of belief off of. Can I get a witness right there? Without Scripture, we would just be giving them a whole bunch of words that would mean nothing because it would be ours. We give them Scripture so they have something to believe in. 
We give them scriptures so they'll have something to build their faith on. If it wasn't for the Bible, we would just shut the doors and go home. That's what we base our faith off of. This is, this is how we build this is how we build our walls of faith. Without that, what good does it do? Without Jesus in it, then what is it, right? It takes the Bible. We've got to have leverage to reel them in, to give them something to believe, to bring them, some, to, bring them to something. There's got to be leverage there. Next, I want you to notice the little islands. That's what the line goes through. Here's what I find interesting. Wherever I cast my line and that rod is pointing, guess where that line's going? Right to where I threw it to. Right where I threw it to. Those are our guides. Those represent the Holy Spirit. Because without Him, how would we be guided? Without the Holy Spirit, how would we, how would we interpret Scripture? He's the one that leads and guides us into all truth. That's Bible. He guides us. When we share the gospel, when we share our story with somebody, and we share the gospel, we present the gospel, He is guiding us into what to say. It's not us. It's Him that is equipping us. And just as we equip ourselves for fishing, God has equipped us to be fishers of men. God has commissioned us to go outside these four walls and knock on doors and go to restaurants and ask a waitress about Jesus, to go to work tomorrow and share the gospel. You say, well, Jonathan, I don't know where to start. Here'd be a good place. Share your story with somebody that may not know it. Get them, get them, get them curious. Then when they take the bait, when they bite that lure, I mean, give them all the gospel you can give them. Tell them about Jesus. Give them scripture. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Why? You've been equipped. You've been equipped. God has never asked anybody to do anything that He didn't equip them for. He equipped Moses with everything he needed to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He equipped David to fight Goliath and defeat him. He equipped Nehemiah with the very materials out of the enemy's field to go and build a wall back around Jerusalem. And he equipped you to go and share the gospel. Now then, quickly, and I'm done. I'm done. Back to Luke, verse number 2. Notice not only did he call... Not only did he equip, but he sent. He sent them. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Church, you've already been sent. But what are you doing with them? What are you doing with the tools that you've been given? What are you doing with the story that you're able to tell? What are you doing with what Jesus has done for you? Are you just sitting on it? Are you just saying, well, I'm saved, I'm okay, I'm not going to worry about anybody else? Because that is a wrong mindset. 
We're not here just to fill a spot. We're not here just to check our box on Sunday that we've been to church and that everybody's seen us and everybody everybody has seen our new car and our life and how holy we are and then turn right around and go live crazy the rest of the week. That's not what we're to do. God has given us the greatest calling that man has ever been given. And He's equipped us to do that calling. And church, you've been sent. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the opportunity? I don't know who all in here went to the Guatemala trip, and I don't, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Buchanan and I were talking about this this morning. Don't let that fire burn out that you got over there. Because you may be tired this morning, you're still excited. I know, I know. You're still on fire. Look here, it's no different here. Over there is no different here. There's lost people in every corner here in Fairview, Alabama. There's lost people that surround you every day. You have neighbors that you've never even seen leave to go to church on Sunday morning. You don't know if they're saved or not. Church, you've been sent. Go and tell them about Jesus. Go and give them the gospel. Because you're not going to do it on your own power. You've been equipped by God. Use it. Use it. So here we go. Everybody ready? I want everybody to repeat this with me. Everybody ready? We have been called. Everybody say it. We have been called. Everybody say it again. We have been called. Everybody say we've been equipped. Ready? We have been equipped. Say it again. We have been equipped. Everybody say this. We have been sent. Ready? We have been sent. Say it again. We have been sent. And what are we? I want everybody to say this. Everybody, I want all the youngins. Everybody say this. Y'all ready? We're fishers of men. Everybody ready? One, two, three. We are fishers of men. That's what we are. That's what we are. We're not just dead bodies walking around. We have a purpose here in this life. We're not just trash to be thrown in the garbage. We have purpose in this life. And that purpose is to tell people about Jesus. Do that. Do it today. Don't say I'll wait till tomorrow. Do it today because you won't do it tomorrow. Do it today. Today. Father, help us. God, I pray this morning. Lord, as we think about what's been preached. And Father, how we have been called. And how we've been equipped. And how we've been sent. God, that you would... Continue, Lord, to empower us. Father, help us to know, God, that, Lord, we're not just here to take up space. God, but rather, we're here to serve you, God, and we have a purpose. And Father, I pray right now, Lord, as we get ready to have an altar call, as Buchanan's going to come and give the invitation. Lord, let us search our hearts this morning. God, help us to... See if we've been doing what we've been called to do. God, help us to realize, God, that we're not going out here on our own power. God, but rather we've been equipped by you, God. God, to do what you commission. God, so many times I, I fear that sometimes we feel like you've called us to do something. But God, when you call us, we're afraid that you're just going to leave us high and dry. 
God, that's never the case. God, you've never called me into anything, God, that you didn't equip me to do. And Father, I pray, Lord, that we'll use what you've given us. And God, as we see, Lord, this morning, we've been sent. God, help us to go. God, help us to go outside these walls of this church. And God, give the gospel to somebody that's in need. Father, for these people that's went on this mission trip, Father, they're on fire right now. God, allow them to continue to go. God, don't let it stop now. God, give them that same desire they had in Guatemala. Give them that same desire about their neighbor down the road. Give them that same desire for their co-worker tomorrow. Give them that desire, God, for their whole company tomorrow. And Father, help us, Lord, to do what you called us to do. We'll be sure to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it all. In Jesus' name. Sin. Um, this is our invitation. We're inviting you to make a decision. Um, and, and we're going to really focus this morning. We're going to really focus. First of all, man, you're right on time. I just want you to know that. You're right on time. Here's the, here's the focus. One is, do you have a story? Now, if you're saved and you know Jesus and you put your faith and trust in Him, you have a story. But if you haven't, your story is... It's, it's, got, it's missing something. It's incomplete. And so before you can go tell someone your story, you've got to know your story. And your story needs to include Jesus. Because if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you've never given Jesus your whole entire heart, if you've never come to a place where you've been saved, today's the day. And we have volunteers right up here. They can open their Bible, use the Scripture, open their Bible, and show you what it means to be saved. Another thing we talk about, and you think I'm kind of putting it out there, just whatever, but, but we talk about membership a lot. Now, here's what membership is. Membership is a step of commitment. A step of commitment. One thing when it comes to talking about sharing the gospel, if we're going to share the gospel, we have to make a commitment. Say amen. And so just from the standpoint of, of joining up with the church, you're saying, you know what, I'm committed to what this church is doing. And let me help you with this. And we haven't been talking about, I mean, we've been going through Acts, and I know we've kind of veered off in a little bit different section. We've got to focus on sharing the gospel. So if you want to be, about a, be a part of a church, if God's calling you to be a part of a church that's sharing the gospel, that's doing what we're called to do because we're sent, maybe your decision is membership. Now for the rest of us. Here it is, guys. Here it is, guys. Either we're going to do it or we're not. Say amen. We're either going to do it or we're not. Uh, here's, uh, let, let me just, we, we, Cameron, you were on the trip with us. We had to get out of our comfort zone a little bit. We had to go knock on those doors.